What's up? Good day, good peoples. Welcome to another episode of The Perfect Play. You all know this is a podcast that teaches you how to make the next move the best move. Yeah, I'm back. This is your host, Dr. Luda Q. And it feels good to be back because the last time I was on here, we talked about a topic that generated a lot of buzz. So we are here to do a part two. I, d- I want to introduce my guest of the day. You all know her. If you don't know her, I'm going to set the stage for her. This woman I've had the pleasure to meet um, over the last couple of years. Been doing a lot of amazing things with our organization. Her name is Aquinas, but we all know her as Q. I love her last name because she's a freeman. She hails from Pretty Girl County by way of Atlanta. Atlanta Peaches say Al. She's a Largo High School graduate, went to Trinity Washington College, got a bachelor's in business administration and journalism. Quantus Q. Freeman, say what's up to the people. What's up? How y'all doing? What's going on? Okay, okay, y'all hear her, Al. (laughs) (laughs) And then then we have my brother, the only Sigma that I like and I love, Cornelius. Say what's, hey, what's up, up to the people as a co-host. Hey, what's up, man? I am C. Will, your co-host today. Glad to be here with Dr. Luda Q and Kwanis hey. Q. C. Will, man, you know how we do, man. We like the host. So what's the check-in question for today? All right, man. So here we go back again, ladies and gentlemen. The check-in question for today. Y'all know that the NBA season just got kicked back off um, in the bubble, right? Pandemic edition. So what would your NBA jersey say? So I'm going to pitch this to Kwanis, if you had to put your name on the back as a statement, right? So basically, it's a statement that you could put on the back of your jersey and replace your name. What would your name be? Oh, okay, 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 okay. It it has to say Q like the letter. It has to say Q like the letter. All right, all right. Q like the letter. Keep it simple. All right, check in. So I think me, uh, man, mine would say uh, be great. Uh, yeah, my, 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 my hashtag would be, be great, man. Luda Q, what was yours say? Um, I actually, um, like one of the slogans, what I'm seeing in the bubble. So I think there was actually a, a, a Haitian basketball player. I forgot what team he went for. I should have done my research, but, um, on this, but on the back of his jersey, he had, um, respect us in Haitian Creole, respect their new. And that's just, you know, and this fight for equality, that's, that's what we want. We just want to be respected. We're not even asking for a leg up or anything else like that. We just want to be treated like anyone else. And so that was that really stood out just because of my background. All right. That's real. That's real, man. Somebody, uh, my man Mike said, here's to be fight the power, keep the peace. Right. And so just in this state of where we at, man, celebrities using their platform uh, to promote social justice is something that um, I'm proud to be a part of. And, I'm glad that's happening right now, man. So, yeah, that's our check-in question for the day. Let us know what would you put on the back of your NBA or WNBA jersey um, if you could participate right now in the comments. Lou, back to you, brother. Man, you know what's dope, Cornelius? As I'm seeing Q's, her last name across the screen, that would probably be be another dope jersey name. The Freeman. Hey, Freeman. Remind me of the Freeman Burrow um, yeah. and all that good stuff. So, thinking out loud. Anyway, today's discussion is about persistence. You know, this 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 word is continuing at the top of my heart and my brains because this is what we study. You know, we got this Pierre Ford in college project going on. And I've been researching a lot about the challenges. And more recently, 
I came across an article from the Chronicle magazine that discussed in my home state of Florida, one in four parents of high school juniors and seniors reported that their child had changed their college plans. You know, this is all happening because of the pandemic. So this challenge of persistence is disturbing right before we even get to the war, right? So, because we want people to not only get into college, but to finish. The same article said that research shows that if you delay your enrollment, study part-time, or start at a community college, those students are far less likely to graduate from those who enroll in the four-year and attend full-time. And I think part of that is the focus, the determination that, that happens as opposed to commuter students having many different obligations as they get through, they, through their studies. Yeah, so I, 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 I definitely agree with that, man. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of students who are opting out for that community college just because they can't be on campus at their university. So that's, that's a good information to know. But hopefully they plan on going back to that four-year university next semester. And where it hit home, see, Will, is that, you know, a lot of, the, a lot of students that it primarily impacts is students of color, right? So Black and Latino students um, in particular are at the bottom of a lot of successful metrics when you're looking at higher education. But I do want to talk to our sister, the Queen Q, who I just want to ask her a couple of questions because she, when you look at her, she's just always well poised, seems like she have it all together, um, and she has successfully uh, matriculated through her studies. So I just want to talk and share her knowledge about how she navigated the whole college space. And so, Q, you ready to talk to us? Most definitely. What's going on? Y'all already know what's going on. <laughs> it's your girl, Q, like the letter. Just to kind of dive into that, I have to say I'm a senior, so I'm going into my last year of college at Trinity. And I really like this topic. It definitely um, is relevant and important in the space that we're in right now. So, yeah, I'm ready to hear what um, hear what you got to say. Oh, thanks for correcting me on that, too, Q, because I, you know, I know he was doing an internship in the office, but it just registered that that was an internship and you actually working with us part-time. So thanks for correcting. I thought you was already done uh, with the process. Hey, it's so, on the way. It's on the way. That makes you all the more expert about what we what we discussing right now. So, C. Will, I know you had a couple of questions that you wanted to kick us off with. Q, here we go. So wanted to start you off with thinking about when you get to college. A lot of our students are preparing to go to college or already in college. But one of the biggest things about succeeding in college and persisting is finding a community. So my first question to you is, how did you build your community of support at your college? Mm, that's a good question. That's a really good question um, because I do go to an all-girls school. It's not co-ed. So that was a little bit more, it was a little bit more difficult for me um, than I feel like it would have been if I went to a co-ed school. However, I believe that all of all of the people who I can go to or all of the people who I consider um, a support system, it kind of came naturally. So, for example, when I became faced with, you know, just problems with financial aid and um, housing and things like that, I started to go to my dean because I didn't have, like, that's who... I was told to go to. And then because I would always go to her with a different problem, you know, every semester, 
it became we formed a relationship and she's she actually she's um she's pretty successful and she started to give me resources she started to point me into the direction of where i where i envisioned myself going through college through that um like i said it came it came naturally so aside from my dean I have one professor who she actually owns a nonprofit organization and being as though, I, you know, I work at a nonprofit and I really was interested in that field. She also, you know, that was another form of community. But then also when it comes to the students, um, because I was always a student who went to my administration and like the adults for um, guidance. When it came to, I want to say my sophomore year, I started to open myself up to making friendships. And then that came again, like I said, naturally. So um, yeah, I kind of just let everything play out. And then once I felt comfortable with the people who were, who I was familiar with, I ran with it and just trusted that they had my back and vice versa. All right, check. That's some good advice, man. Definitely some things that resonate with me. I did not communicate with adults or my administrators as much as you did, but that's something that if I could go back, I would change. Um, definitely like my man Spice said, uh, freshman dorms, um, if you live on campus, I highly, highly, highly recommend um, listeners out there, if this is your first time going to college, to try to get on on campus at least one semester uh, to truly get that feel and make you a community. I was fortunate enough to go to school with a lot of individuals from my high school, uh, but I'm a people's person, so uh, it was easy for me. Uh, but yeah, being very strategic about who you're friends with uh, in college, and those are your friends who you'll last for life. So thanks, Q, for that answer. All right, for my last question, I'm kicking back to Dr. Luda Q. Uh, you kind of mentioned this already, Q, um, but I want you to tell the people why. So when you run into difficult situations or difficulty, do you ask for help? And the reason why I'm asking this is the main reason why individuals drop out of college or don't uh, graduate from college is because they don't ask for help. So in those situations, did you ask for help, um, Q, and uh, why? Most definitely. Um and I feel like the main reason why I asked for help is because I didn't have any other options. If we want to be honest, um, I didn't have any other options. And yeah, a lot of times, you know, pride can come in and ego and all of that. But I knew what I wanted and I knew what I needed at those, you know, at those specific times. So being as though I only had one option or it would be an instance where I would play out all my options and I'm the type of person who always looks at the risk versus reward ratio. So I'm like, okay, well, this could happen. This could happen. And all else fails, if I just go ask for help, I could beat out most of the risk. So, um, yeah, that's if that answers your question. Yeah, that definitely gave me more insight. Q, that's one question, um, because when I'm thinking about my experiences, college has taught me a lot about myself and how I face adversity, right? So how do you stay motivated during the most difficult times of the college experience? Hmm, how do I stay motivated? Um, first and foremost, God. Um, that's number one. And then number two is just keeping my why at the forefront of everything that I do, um, whether it's big or small, um, whether I'm doing something for myself or for others, I'm making sure that everything goes back to my why and what keeps me driven and what, what keeps me you know, getting up every day, even when I feel, when I don't feel my best or when um, things aren't looking too good. As long as I keep 
why I'm doing what I'm doing at the forefront, everything's all, everything always seems to work out in the end. Thanks for sharing that. I think that definitely helped a lot of our listeners. Now I want to get into like some of the more granular things, right? So because you're in your senior year, you're about to be done. If you could highlight two things that made you successful from freshman year to this point, what would those two things be? Mm, two things from freshman year to now. Whew, that's a good question. I would say one is the company that I keep around, most definitely, kind of shifting my mindset from you know, past to present, you know, kind of shifting my mindset from, okay, this is where I come from, but this is where I'm going. And where I'm going, these aren't the type of, once I started to see that where I'm going, the type of people from my past aren't there. Like it's totally, totally different culture. It's a totally different scenery. It's a totally different vibe. It's a totally different um, outlook perspective. So I think just surrounding myself with people who are A, already where I'm trying to go and B, who are on the same vibe that um, I'm trying to get on. So staying positive, that looks like when th- even when things do look bad, I'm not saying that I'm hanging, you know, with millionaires, um, but I'm hanging with people who have a million their mindset um and perspective so yeah yeah if that kind of makes sense and then too just whenever something does happen instead of thinking why me why not me instead of thinking like geez why why stuff always got to happen to me like why 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 I always have to be the person to go through the bad stuff I would sit back and reflect okay why is this happening a did I play a role in this happening okay I didn't okay B let's move forward like it happened like okay let's keep it moving because life is not going to stop so I think just keeping those two virtues, like I said, at the forefront of everything that I do, um, it helps me not only stay successful in materialistic and tangible terms, but, you know, in intangible terms, in, in mindset and spirituality. And if my mind and my spirit isn't, isn't aligned, um, then I can't be successful, if that makes sense. I totally spot on too, but where I wanted you to go. Now, uh, there's a couple of questions I want to ask you because I think it's getting juicy. You know, college is all about creating a system that works. We know that you have to study. We know that you have to read. You have to analyze. You have to write. What was your process for getting through that, those tasks? Hmm. Oof. That's a good question, too. I would say, like I said, like we said before, forming a support system at school and reaching out to my resources. So when I don't understand something, instead of just sitting back and not understand it, I would go to my professor or, you know, find a tutor. Um, I, I felt math two times and I had to take it. So I had to take it three times. And that third time I, you know, I had to invest in a tutor because that's just what I had to do. So I think, and also when we talk about long papers, um, because I am a journalism student, well, everybody has to write papers, duh. But (laughs) I, um, as far as papers, I just really have to lock in. And me, I, I get my best work done, ironically, when there's noise around me. So um, before 
COVID-19, I would go to um, like a Starbucks or I would go sit in the city um, outside somewhere with a whole bunch of noises out and just type. So I think really finding finding what helps me um, thrive and finding my techniques. Um, yeah, finding my studying style, all of that, all of that. Um, Q, you just struck a nerve right there with me with the college classes, the math class and the writing. I was a communication major, yo, and I, I went into journalism. Y'all don't beat me up for this, but I did not know that reporters had to write their own stories. So mm-hmm. I went in wanting to be a broadcast major, and they told me I had to write my own stories. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I really had to go out and uh, not invest in the tutor. My school had a, a writing center, man. I didn't find out till my sophomore year. So after about two struggling semesters, man, that was when I finally got hang of it but those math classes mm-mm-mm. you it's just you and that test yeah it's just you and that test so yeah y'all definitely prepare don't take it don't take it lightly man i skipped my last year of math in high school and i regretted it my freshman year so definitely take advantage of the time y'all have right now Yep, and most definitely you got lucky because um we have a writing center so i could get writing help but math there was no, there's no, there's no tutor for that. So I had to, I had to do what I had to do um, and invest in that tutor. <laughs> Sacrifices. Thanks for sharing, especially on that investment part, because if you want to get through certain things, you you have to do, put certain, make certain investments and put things in place so that you can overcome those obstacles. See, Will, <laughs> you've been through the process at South Florida. What's a crazy like, what's a crazy moment or obstacle you faced to, to earn your degree? <laughs> oh, man. So the first one, as soon as I got there. So applying to college, yo, I I, I was a 4.0 student in high school. Uh, graduated top 10% of my class. And I applied. My best friend applied. My GPA was higher than hers. I had more accolades. They accepted her, and they denied me, right? So that was one of my first obstacles. And so I had to really, like, write a personal statement and I emailed in the, the admissions office why I wanted to go to college. And so they finally accepted me on the terms of you have to come to summer school and pass all of your classes with a B or higher. So I'm like, all right, that's cake, right? Uh, and so I didn't know that when you got a B minus in college, that it's really not a 3.0, it's like a 2.75. And so I had to graduate with a, I had to finish summer with 3.0 GPA, meaning I had to have a B plus in all of my classes or higher. So that was one of my first challenges. And when I went, there was no support for me. It was just me in these classes. A lot of my friends who went were in programs like Summer uh, Support uh, Initiative, which were for uh, students of color who were low income, right? But I was just not in any of those categories. So I had to do it without no support. Uh, My first summer on campus, thank God I passed and they let me come back for the fall. But that was my first true obstacle. And I don't think I could have passed without contacting some of my upperclassmen who I went to high school with, man, um, who were on campus and kind of helped me through the process of, like, choosing the best classes to take for the summer. And I had to reach out to them before I actually got to the college. So had I not done that, I don't know if I would be sitting here on this podcast today uh, with the ability to talk about college experience. So, yeah, definitely using my network was one of my biggest support systems, um, but the obstacle Sometimes students don't know 
or young and young adults don't know what to do in those situations. So um, thankfully, I did reach out. They helped guide me because I would have I had no clue. I didn't know how to pick classes. Like those are the things that they teach you, like how to sign up for your classes on, online when you've never had to do it by yourself without an adult help. And that's that's something that you that you uh, may go through when you go to a big college. I went to a PWI, and so I didn't get that one on one help with my advice and stuff like that, man. Yeah, um, so you just touched on something that I want to uh, actually just double click on. College is about building your community, as you shared earlier, about building um, advocates, finding advocates in the at the institution that support you. So whether it's a financial aid advisor, academic advisor, a professor, uh, I want to throw this to both of you, um, C. Will and Q. Did you experience that, uh, what was your experience in that process of building your advocates at the institution? Um, I'll dive in on that one. What was the process like? Um, I feel like the process, you go through so many different emotions because being so young, um, I feel like no matter, you know, what you've experienced, college is like, it kind of strips you of what you already know. And I will, I know for me, it kind of stripped me from what I already knew and forced me to build a foundation upon, just build a new foundation upon new things. So with that being said, I kind of had to A, trust myself. And like you said, the process, trust the process. And um, a lot of times for some people, I know for me, it, it's, it's not that easy. Even still, it's, it's not that easy because for some people, you know, they have the resources, they have everything on the back end ready for them. You know what I'm saying? Whereas for me, I kind of have to figure things out a little bit more. And um, even when I do figure it out, it's like a waiting game. You never really know if something's going to happen the way you see it. So that process of building that network and building that community of people that you know, it kind of helps. I know for me, it helped me fill in those gaps. So when there would be things where I didn't know, um, I have somebody to go to. Or if there would be something that I didn't have, I could say, okay, I can go to this person and they can help me get this, if that makes sense. So um, yeah, just trusting the process and allowing myself, allowing oneself to be extremely vulnerable during that process, um, most definitely, yeah. trust in the process. That's dope, Q. Uh, for me, just to t- tap in real quick, uh, it was joining organizations and like uh, clubs on campus. So like my first week on campus, fall semester, we have what's called Week of Welcome. Well, every organization, we have over 500 student organizations are out just tabling. And so I went around and picked up brochures and I joined about three of them. One was the Black Student Union. Uh, the other one was I wanted to restart the NAACP chapter at my college. So I hopped on the board with that. And from those two experiences, I was able to meet upperclassmen, uh, people who looked like me, who came from communities like me, uh, who also had the same major as me and different things like that to kind of help guide me. That was one of those were my biggest advocates, um, aside from becoming a member of Phi Beta Sigma uh, Fraternity Incorporated, Blue Phi. Those were the individuals who really helped me uh, to navigate my college experience. Because, like I said, I didn't meet with I was un, I was undecided for two years, so I didn't meet with my advisor until my junior year of college. Right? Don't do that. Do not be like me. Okay? I didn't meet with my advisor. Pretty much, my senior friends would hold my classes for me because I was a freshman. I was the last one to sign up for classes. 
they would hold my classes for me. And then when it was time for me to go, they would literally drop them and I would add them right there in order to get the classes I knew. Um, so without my friends, without my network, without those individuals that I met in those clubs, I don't know if I have, would have graduated on time. And so those are my biggest advocates. Cool. Well, thank you all. I think the, 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 the tenor of this conversation for our listeners was to combat persistence. Um, there's three key things you want to, uh, that I learned from our listeners, our guests today, is get involved, build community, especially community allies, and do your best as you enter into the college landscape um, and you want to be successful. So thank you, Q. Thank you for your time. I want to open up space for our guru, our renaissance man in our college uh, summit peer forward world. I call him Socrates, Mr. Mike Farone. What's going on, family? It's the good brother, Mike. Um, I'm here not to interrupt the conversation, but to add to it. So today I come with uh, some great information, something I'm excited about called the Level Up campaign. So you may be thinking about Sierra, but I'm talking about matriculation process of actually getting into college. So Lou, Q, C all talked about the persistence piece of getting through college. The Level Up campaign focuses on Summer Melt, and Summer Melt is actually helping students that recently graduated make it into their freshman year of college, right? Um, we know with COVID-19, we know with the pandemic, a lot of that has shifted. Some of you may be taking gap years. Some of you may still be on the side. Some of you may be going to a virtual uh, college space and or even physically going on campus. Whatever the case may be, the Level Up campaign is the answer for you all. So if you are a recent graduate from high school and you are uh, planning to attend college in the near future, um, or you're still trying to figure it out, we have components for you on our platform. Um, the cool thing is we're not only doing this alone, we're doing this with two other organizations. We're doing this with Michelle Obama's, yes, the Michelle Obama, her former Reach Higher Initiative and the Opportunity Network. Feel free to look out for our emails, look at our social media, check our link tree on Instagram, shoot some likes, ask some questions, read our stories. All the information will be on our Instagram and social media. We also have an access page for you all. So if you need any help, any resources, please check out the Level Up campaign and make sure you step your game up. Peace. There you have it. Uh, this is a special episode because this is the 10th episode. And you all know 10 is a good number. That was my line number. Root to the cues because we had a Sigma on here. So I just felt like I had to do a shameless plug today. And uh, our guest host, her name is Q. So, you know, she got peoples. Uh, but hopefully you all walked away with a wealth of information. Um, again, this is the podcast that shows you how to make your next move, your best move. Thank you to our guest, Q, C. Will. It's always real being in the trenches with you. Mama, we make it. Signing off, Dr. Luda Q. See you next time.